0: It is time for Radio Salon, where we uh, choose a topic and have our expert panelists uh, discuss the matter at hand. Let me introduce our panelists first uh, from Laquant, LLC, independent legal researcher, Chung Hwang. Hello to you. Good morning, sir. Morning, Henry. And also joining us from the University Institute of, uh, Yonsei University Institute for North Korean Studies Research Fellow, Dr. Pong Yongshik. sik Dr. Pong, good morning to you. Good morning. Well, uh, this is a topic that maybe is not as contentious or controversial or kind of... Uh, uh, kind of hot, but it, it's something that I think both of you have um, uh, many opinions on, and that is uh, the idea of the South Korea-U.S. relationship. And it is um, something that has been for decades now a very strong one, but they've had their ebbs and flows and they've had their changes depending on the leadership of both sides. We have a new leadership in the United States with the uh, Joe Biden administration uh, taking power uh, just uh, a week ago. So how does that mean the uh, chorus relationship will be shift under Moon Jae-in and Joe Biden. We are going to be uh, talking about that uh, today, and we know that both uh, um, uh, panelists are experts in their field in regards to this. Dr. Bong, you've prepared um, this encyclopedic uh, level of of material here for us. I want you to begin. Uh, Joe Biden is the 46th president of the U.S., so... Uh, We will say that uh, the South Korea relationship should be different, I think we assume, than the Donald Trump era. What are your general expectations? Um, It's going
1: to be uh, smooth on the part of both sides working to restore and upgrading the security partnership, which has been on increased strain during the four years of uh, Trump presidency. But when it comes to dealing with nuclear North Korea, I think they are not necessarily uh, seeing eye to eye. Uh, because the uh, Moonjin government is in a rush. Uh, they uh, It wants to have a big score before the expiration of President Moonjin's presidency, which is less than two years. On the other hand, Biden admission has just begun. It's uh, in a four-year tenure, and it's going to review the entire spectrum of uh, U.S. North Korea policy uh, for the past four years. Um, so uh, I, it is likely that the munjeon government is going to try to persuade the biden administration for some kind of di- division of labor uh, look we are going to deal with uh, you know inter korean cooperation which can be conducive to the revive re- revival of the uh, high level in you know, a bilateral dialogue and negotiations between pyongyang and washington uh, and you focus on reviving talks uh, with North Koreans. But that argument is not going to find very eager ears in Washington mm. uh, because, um, you know, one of the key preconditions demanded by North Koreans for any inter Korean cooperation is uh, at least partial relief of existing incoming sanctions on North Korea. But uh, I don't think there's a good chance for the United States to compromise one of the most effective leverages of North Korea, uh, which is economic pressure. So, the argument in favor of division of labor uh, will only put strain on bilateral you know, cooperation between Seoul and Washington in dealing with North Korea. All right,
0: Professor Hwang, uh, anything to add to that? What do you uh, foresee for, I guess, this general overview of South Korea-US relations?
2: Well, first of all, I think it was kind of interesting that you know the Moon administration seems to was at least seems to be wanting the time to kind of run out on the Trump administration, at least when it comes to the cost sharing agreement, well, yeah. for the U.S. forces in in South Korea. I mean, I really wonder what the Moon administration's strategy would have been if Trump, President Trump was reelected. I mean, you know, basically, you know, working level the negotiation seems to have reached some kind of agreement, but I think there
0: would have become. More prominent, an existential question because you hear it on the left. Forget it and get out. You know, they would, they would that would really become a real issue where there would be a quest, a, a public discussion on does the us military really need to be stationed here if they're going to be asking for 5 trillion one you know exactly
2: i mean you know for, for their listeners benefit basically what happened was that you know south korea is paying $1 1 trillion one per year but trump was just going off saying they need nothing less than 5 or 6 trillion one so you know, if that came to, came to a close, I mean, you know, I wonder what the Moon administration, yeah. I mean, the fact that they were able to run the clock off for basically a year, I mean, we haven't heard any news out of this, mm. but almost a year, it's kind of impressive in yeah. a certain sense. I mean, how did they manage to do that? So, uh, you know, now I, I think at least that issue will be quickly resolved. And, you know, hopefully the, the Biden administration definitely made signals to around the world that they will be emphasizing on, you know, traditional alliances. I mm. think that definitely includes South Korea. So in that sense, I think traditional alliance matters will go over much much more smoothly.
1: But we have to be careful uh, that we do not want to be in a um, cognitive dissonance regarding that Korean Peninsula is at the center of the universe. It is not. Although Korean financial affairs uh, matter the most to us Koreans living here, uh, but uh, from the perspective of the U.S. uh, security and foreign policy, Korean uh, affairs or the uh, nuclear North Korea are uh, one of the, you know, uh, secondary priorities. They are uh,
0: North Korea matters, but not as much as you uh, talking about foreign policy or just mix of domestic and foreign policy in the U.S.
1: The rank, uh, like let's uh, say uh, Iran.
0: Do you think Iran is more? Priority?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. I okay. have okay. evidence here that uh, <laughs> I like to I like for. to praise the work done by um, Mr. Kim working for a uh, division of the Middle East uh, in the Foreign Ministry uh, of the Korean government uh-huh. and. Uh, uh, he uh, made a wonderful, you know, analysis about uh, Tony Blinken, the nominee for uh, new Secretary of State, uh, during the congressional hearings for nomination, which lasted five hours. He calculated uh, specific uh, words like Iran, North Korea, NATO, uh, the entire number of words for the exchange of the conversation and statement uh, between Mr. Tony Blinken and the members of the committee uh, was uh, 38,257 words. <laughs> and the uh, Middle East occupies uh, 31.4% of the entire conversation for five years with the uh, about uh, 12,000 words, and China, including Taiwan and Hong Kong, accounts for 14.8 four, percent, uh, with uh, over 5,000 words. You know uh, how many times North Korea was nope, mentioned I do not know. out of uh, over 38,000 words for five years? 500 times, which so uh, accounts for the 1.3 percent. So North Korea only mentioned once in 100. Worse, So it is far from one of the top priorities. And okay. when you also include the domestic issues you mentioned, then the priority of North Korea Very for low. the
0: Biden administration is, is even lower. So, okay, then Professor Huang, I think you and I were on the same page throughout this entire so-called peace process, starting with the Pyongyang Winter Olympics. And this renewed hope you heard from the left that Donald Trump is going to be the savior that's going to usher in peace on the Korean Peninsula. And you can sympathize with the idea of wanting reunification and and peace and, and uh, maybe denuclearized peninsula comes into that equation or not. But th- it just really did not recognize the reality that... Again, it's an opinion, but this is a con man who's just basically spouting off whatever's coming onto the top of his mind, and he had no intention whatsoever of fostering peace on the peninsula to the extent that it did not necessarily benefit him and his bottom line, which he made some kind of calculation that me being personal friends with Kim Jong-un is going to be beneficial to me, and, and I like the optics of it and the pageantry, but that was the... I believe, misunderstanding that a lot of people on the left had with Trump. Now, being said, Biden being this much more conventional figure, maybe a return to this Obama eight years uh, policy, we don't necessarily think there's a lot of people who liked the Asia pivot and the strategic patience approach because it obviously didn't work. But what we're going to see is for the Moon administration, there's got to be recognition of the reality that there's not going to be a deal with before the end of his term.
2: Probably not. I mean, you know, I, I guess... The best example, but a very imperfect example, would be the I think the Iran nuclear deal, and that that discussion that lasted for about a year and a half with Iranian government and without, you know, neither heads of the government ever meeting or talking to each other. The, the agreement was made. I mean, I expect North, uh, North Korean agreement if ever comes to an effect. I mean, you'll have to go through a process like that. But, of course, given how Iran agreement was, you know, basically tossed aside by the, the, the Trump administration, I'm sure that North Korea is very weary of, of that precedent as well.
0: So, yeah. And so, they, they despite uh, the public statements by the Moon administration we believe they have an intention to peacefully denuclearize and all of that, there's a recognition that there's a reality, right? I don't know you don't read the minds of the Blue House officials, but...
2: It is a little puzzling. I mean, you know, President Moon just a few days ago made it very clear during a press conference that he believes that the North Korea mm-hmm. wants peace and wants denuclearization, which is completely counter to what North Korea has said in you know, the most recent you know, the People's Congress. So I'm not really sure it's intended as a message towards North Korea or if it reflects the true yeah. belief of President Moon. But it is kind of you know, puzzling to the kind of, or maybe he's just digging, digging his heels because of the North Korean economy. Jobs were his two major uh, campaign promises, and you know, I, I can understand how he doesn't want it to just let, let it go right. to waste. But you know, I really do wonder if the Blue House has right. the re- recognition that North Korea just the, doesn't really want to talk to South Korea in, the, in this issue.
0: And I know you would say probably should just focus on the pandemic and, and getting
2: straight. And yes, keep I, the people I, help I would. Me, right? I mean, North Korea is <laughs> the lost cause within this year. Yeah. Uh,
0: Doctor Bong, uh, you, you've um, I think a lot of the times because uh, in your field of Expertise, uh, you you do know a lot of these uh, individuals uh, like uh, Blinken, or you know the the, the new uh, defense secretary Lloyd Austin be, making history as the first black defense secretary. Just from the makeup of the team, from what you see, do you think this is really going to be a return to Obama era strategic patience in Asia? pivot no, or no, no, maybe no. They're going to have a fresher perspective. No, no, not at all. Okay. I mean, uh, Joe Biden has served in the
1: Senate as uh, starting as the youngest member of the Senate in history in 1970 one for 36 years 36 years and uh, he also served uh, uh, as a vice president under the obama administration for eight years so uh, this is not return to obama administration this is neither a uh, return to the clinton administration we have to remember that the key figures in the obama administration's national security and foreign policy teams experience not just one or couple of cycles of history so many cycles for the past uh, about 40 years uh, Biden was born when there was a locomotives run by the steam engine now we are in living in the era with the automatic pilot uh, you know uh, automobile so we cannot naively believe that, oh, Biden is set, so we are going to uh, see a return of the strategic patients or the uh, U.S. supporting the Kim dae administration's sunshine policy or peri process. Those are old formula for old times, different situations. Today's North Korea is not the same North Korea 10 years ago, 20 years ago, yeah. even 40 years ago. So, uh, I, I'm i a little bit concerned that the President Moon Jin, judging from the uh, answers he rendered during the press conference uh, on 10th of January, I have to agree with uh, Professor Hwang that North Koreans would say that um, President Moon uh, doesn't get it. We do not want to talk to South Koreans. We, if we need to talk to, then we will just directly talk to Americans. Yeah.
0: Do you... Before we get to Professor Hwang and again, another,
1: another point is that although President Moon said that he uh, has uh, uh, confirmed the uh, the genuine uh, uh, you know uh, commitment mm-hmm. by uh, Chairman Kim Jong Un to denuclearization and the peace on the Korean Peninsula, uh, then. What is his evidence? Okay, uh, I'm. I was disappointed by the reporter at the press conference not uh, giving the president the following, you know, question. Then, on what ground, uh, President Mr. President, uh, did you uh, say that uh, you are confident? And that uh, the uh, Chairman Kim Jong Un was committed you, to peace and nuclear. Do you
0: think replacing Kang Kyung Hwa and getting him uh, replacing it with a, a fig- very more U.S. centric figure like Chung Young sends a message? Why, why,
1: why Mr. Chung Young is regarded as a
0: U.S. That's expert. always been the way that uh, experts like yourself
1: have turned no, in I the media. No, I didn't say Okay, that. not you, maybe yeah, personally, not, maybe personally maybe but uh, that's answer.
0: been the perception that mm. has always been a descriptor of him, right?
1: And uh, I don't know. I don't know whether replacing uh, Madam Kang Kyung uh with the, uh, the Mr. Chung Young as a uh, top of the foreign ministry would be more persuasive to the U.S. Because it was uh, Mr. Chung who delivered the message that uh, South Korean government had uh, uh, confirmed that uh, North Korean leadership was genuinely committed to denuclearization, and there was a beginning of the Trump administration uh deciding to have the summit meeting with uh, North Korean leadership. But, mm-hmm. uh, at least, uh, uh, the majority opinion in the Biden administration was that that was not true. Mm-hmm. I mean, we need to have far more verification about the, uh, genuine attitude of North Korean leadership about denuclearization. So, if, uh, Mr. Jung is going to repeat the same message, oh, we have, uh, you know, uh, double check then con- con- confirm that the north koreans are committed to denuclearization then the the washington biden administration would demand show
0: me the evidence okay move let's let's move away from north korea then just in the remaining time we have overall the approach that biden will take to north uh, to south korea does appear to be more about that traditional view of alliances, right? And and the, the, it might be reflected in a bit more of a flexible approach with the defense cost-sharing agreement. But what about some of the other things that generally go into play with a uh, chorus relationship, including trade and these uh, slapping of tariffs, including how Korea's had to navigate the steel issue, remember back at the time where we were the, one of the very few that got exemptions from that? And all of these other things, including the renegotiation of the uh, chorus FTA, uh, at least in those senses, you think we will see that. I, I know it's just been overused, but that return to normalcy with the chorus relationship.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, one of the problems with the Trump administration was that it was, you know, basically headlined by whatever you know President Trump happens to tweet at that moment, and you know his not so competent uh, underlings trying to you know trying to kind of make up things as, as you go along. I mean, you know, Trump was a lot more about you know show than actual substance, and I, I suspect that why. Show will be still important. The substance will take much more precedence, and on the uh, on you know, the Biden administration and and the whole fact that you know Biden now wants to you know kind of. You know, do away this whole America first uh, to slogan, and you know go back to you know emphasizing traditional alliance, not just w- with South Korea but yeah, just sure. around the world in general. I think that just, just sets a, a very different tone for relationships, not just with South Korea but all yeah. around the world, basically.
0: I remember in the many years that we 've been doing uh, segments together, Dr. Boma, one of the things that struck out to me at the time of the Park Geun-hye administration was one of the, the the few times that you were quite critical was when Park Geun-hye appeared at that parade with Xi Jinping for that military. Mm-hmm. Uh, service uh, uh, the the display of weapons I guess I'm just an angry man I'm
1: critical of uh, all the presidents left Uh, and right So I I
0: want to ask you then uh, with the approach to Biden with Asia and China always looming large and as you say it's very different from uh, the Clinton era where China is much more emergent as a a world power uh, what do you think are some of the complexities involved here?
1: Well, uh it depends on how we do. Koreans do between two great powers. Uh former foreign minister, uh Mr. Yun Byeong-se, uh, who served the longest term under the Park Geun-hye administration, uh, rejected the notion that oh, South Korea is like a, a shrimp sandwiched between two whales. And he said that in his uh, uh you know, ha- uh, self uh praise of the Park Geun-hye administration's uh, achievements in diplomacy, saying that no, South Korea is welcomed and quoted by both great powers. So we have to consider this situation as blessing, mm. right? This, this is not a difficult situation. We have to appreciate that we are blessed uh, to be between uh, the two great powers. Mm-hmm. So I don't know whether you like to buy his argument yeah. or not, but at least there's a room that we can make a great difference between China and the U.S. Uh, so that is a kind of an acknowledgment of the
0: balancer role that President mm-hmm. Noh mm-hmm. back then had. had right, been right, but
1: it. wasn't it interesting that the, the similar opinion uh, came from foreign minister on the very conservative uh, government?
0: Yeah, and you know the critics will say maybe this is just sort of that kind of self-help motivational speaker. Oh, it's the glass is half full rather than half empty. But when you have real problems like the THAAD missile deployment decisions, or with the mistakes,
1: um, we might be really doomed between uh, in in the uh, steep competition between China and the United States.
0: Yeah, well, it was as we can expect to be uh, a. Next couple of years, not easy to predict, and a lot of these external events like a big global changing pandemic uh, will certainly play a factor into how things are going to be developing over uh, the near future. I want to thank both of our panelists for joining us, uh, Professor Huang, Dr. Bong. Always appreciate it. We're going to have to say goodbye. Our producers are Kang Jinsu and Kim Jae-sun. Our writers are Ahn Yoo-jung, Sang eun and Song Hee-won. Coming up next is Life Abroad hosted by Na seung Please stay tuned for that. We'll be back tomorrow for another edition of This Morning. Until then, enjoy the rest of your day. This has been Henry Shin. Goodbye.